All right, folks, welcome on into another edition of Buffalo Game Day Recap. I'm AJ Fellman, Sports Director Thad Brown, joining us from Highmark Stadium. And, you know, we could do this for about an hour, but it's a little cold out there, so we're not going to do that. But there is a lot to talk about this game. Uh, the Bills drop a heartbreaker, 33 to 30. So much crazy stuff happened in that fourth quarter. Uh, Thad, just what can you say about the way this football game ended? First of all, this is the kind of game I've covered, you know, 23 seasons of Bills football. There's a lot of games where you get to the end, you're like, well, what if they fumble the snap? What if they convert this fourth and 18? What if they happen to throw an interception down by the goal line? But they, none of those things ever happen. And then they all happen at the end of this darn game, you know, and cost the Bills a win. I think the place to start has got to be with the quarterback. We do that almost every game, win or lose. Josh Allen is a great quarterback, one of the best in the league. He's won the Bills a lot of games. He's going to win the Bills a lot of games. He lost the Bills this game, plain and simple. The two big mistakes at the end. We're not even going to get into the fourth down earlier in the fourth quarter. We'll talk about that later on. At the end of the game, the fumbled snap, I think you can excuse a little bit. It's a tough spot. The ball is literally on the one-inch line. If the Bills give up a safety there, the Vikings are right back into the game, can win it with a field goal. So, as a quarterback, you do have to get forward a little bit. It's not as easy as just taking a knee. So you can understand Allen rushing a little bit, not being careful with the snap. I mean, look, it doesn't excuse it. It's still a bad play, but you can understand a little bit. To me, the interception in overtime is the absolute inexcusable play. The how can you possibly be doing this at this point in your career? The Bills are in field goal range to get a tie. Granted, a tie would have been a disappointment too, but it's better than what happened. It's only second down. There was no need to throw that ball. With this quarterback, you know, he plays by the seat of his pants so often and, and succeeds with it because he's so immensely talented, works so hard. But there are times when it burns him, and we've seen it the last few weeks, you know, especially the Packers game, a couple of interceptions that probably didn't need to be thrown. The Jets game last week, those were just inexplicable. In this game, the Bills finally got burned almost solely by their quarterback trying to do everything himself. And I think in this game, it you know we're going to kind of gloss over the fact that Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox actually were decent. Isaiah McKenzie made a couple plays. There were supporting receivers who made plays in this game to where Allen didn't have to carry the team by himself. But the Vikings kept on scoring. The pressure kept on ramping up. And Allen didn't make the plays. Seeing how he responds to this is going to be a fascinating watch now because, you know, he's made bad plays before, like I said, but, you know, two weeks ago against the Packers, they won the game. There have been games before where, yeah, he's fumbled, but they won the game. They didn't win this game. They lost it because of him, and he knew it. We all saw the helmet-throwing exhibition on the field after the game. He knows how bad this loss was and how much it could hurt. So we'll see how Josh uh, deals with it going forward. Yeah, I mean, you talk about – the, the crazy scenarios you came up with. There is a sports gambler somewhere out there who came up with all these concoctions on a way to save his bet. He was like, he did exactly what you did. He's like, well, now they could fumble it. Yeah, and, yep. Well, now, well, now it's gonna overtime and this and the, the over and all. The, it's just you know, um, just so much crazy stuff that happened. And and the way th things work here back in the studio is that the way the direct TV feed comes in, I'm on like a. Uh, a fit, kind of like a 10, 15 second delay. So I'm seeing this, this tweet, it was Matt Perino who got it out there first. It was Josh Allen interception, the game is over. So I'm like, all right, let's see how this happened. And I couldn't believe what happened. It's just like, what forced him to do that? There wasn't, 
you know, it would, it would made, like you said, it would have made sense if it was the fourth down play where they have to throw it into the end zone. Davis wasn't open. There was no intention of him being open. It wasn't even a pass where, you know, he makes the play where it's, you know, only throwing it where Davis can get it, no interception. It was just horrible. Like you said, it's been three straight weeks of this. And that's the other thing. Josh Allen is obviously part of this problem. But there's so many repetitive mistakes that are, before they were mistakes that might not have cost them the game, but now they're long-term issues that are plaguing this team. It is the second half collapse. It is the offense not being able to score in the second half. It's turnovers. It's costly Josh Allen mistakes. It's short yardage situations that they can't figure out a way to convert. It is not being able to run the ball in the second half where you just need some ticks off the clock. You just need some first downs. So many times in the second half, it, you know, right after um, you know, the, the touchdown, the C.J. Ham touchdown, it's three and out back to the other team. It's, you know, McDermott making, you know, questionable decisions. I, you know, I, I was fine with the fourth down um, decision, but there's other things around there. It is just repetitive mistakes. It is the defense not being able to get off the field. It is them holding down the run game for 95% of the time, but then giving up one big run. It's the Patriots game all over again last year. So there's just so much here that we're excusing because it's this great Super Bowl caliber team that is, you know, number one seed, but it's becoming issues. And now, you know, the one seed, even the division, we've been joking about this division race all season long, um, but now it's a very much a real issue for this Bills that now they are tied for second in all actuality in third place in the AFC East that. Yeah, and I think one of the things that really has been kind of glossed over a little bit that I think might start to gain some steam is, you know, might be start to start discussing you know, Ken Dorsey and his ability and his job as offensive coordinator because it has been, as we've said, three weeks in a row now where the Bills have not scored a touchdown after halftime. That tells me that other teams are adjusting to the Bills' offense better than Dorsey is adjusting his offense to what other teams are doing. And that's one of the factors in what's going on here because largely the personnel has been the same. You know, there's a lot of injuries on defense. We'll get to that in a little bit. But there's not a whole lot of injuries on offense. You know, this is basically the same team that put up 41 on Tennessee and 31 on the Rams and 38 in the Steelers. They haven't been over 30 in any of their game, and they're, you know, terrible almost in the second half. Before we get more into that, I do want to let Josh Allen speak for himself a little bit. I give Josh Allen credit. He was visibly upset, and understandably so, at the way this game ended. I would have understood it, even as the quarterback who, you know, probably more than any other player on the field has a responsibility to speak to the media after a game, I would have understood if Josh Allen decided not to this game. He needed 24 hours to blow off some steam, step away. I would have understood it. So respect him for being professional. Here's what he said about his performance. Losing sucks. Sucks this way even worse. Um, horrendous second half. I got to be better. We got to be better. No explanation as of now, just... We got to execute better. Um, that's that's on my shoulders. Again, four turnovers today. Uh, three were by me, and losing sucks. It's just what it is. You hate to lose, especially that way. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to my shoulders and my shoulders only, making the right decisions, making the right throws, putting our best foot forward in practice. This one's this one's gonna suck watching. Again, we we do our job on offense. I do my job. It's a it's a different game, uh, different story right now. So. 
We'll get it right. I, I trust the guys in this locker room, um, trust the, the staff that we got, and we'll get it right. Now, of course, all week long, the discussion was whether or not Allen would even play in this game because of his elbow injury. Sean McDermott and Allen said the injury did not have any impact on this game whatsoever. Mitch Morse and there were other guys in the locker room who were, of course, incredibly respectful for Allen playing through that injury. You know, it didn't look like it bothered him at all, but it's still an injury that kept him out of practice all week. So, you know, credit to the quarterback for getting through this game, even if, you know, the way obviously it ended is not nearly what he or his team had in mind. Yeah, and you talk about Ken Dorsey before. It's just so strange how the first half seems to be so completely different than the second half. I'm just always, you know, making mental notes about this game. I'm thinking the same things in the first half and the second half, as I've said, like the last three weeks. The first half, you know, it's different players getting involved offensively. It's the run game doing well. Uh, Devin Singletary, you know, he has these plays where, you know, Twitter is, oh, we don't need anybody else to be our running back. We've got Devin Singletary. He juked out five different guys on this play. And then in the second half, it's like, does Devin Singletary hurt? Is he still on this team? Like, what is going on? Um, you know, it's, it's different guys. It's more creative in the second half. And um, I just, you know, it, it, you know, Brian Dable is doing his things with the New York Giants. Like you said, Ken Dorsey, he's going to become a talking point sometime soon. And Devin Singletary was something that occurred to me, too. He looked great on the first drive, and then the Bills kind of put him in mothballs. Let's get James Cook a carry. Let's get Duke Johnson a carry. I mean, this guy can play, you know, and has continued to make plays for you, and the Bills didn't go back to him. So that was definitely, you know, a, a point of frustration for me as well in this game. But, AJ, let's flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. And obviously, when you blow a 17-point lead, there's going to be some defensive issues. The Cam Lewis play we'll get to, but I think overall I want to make this point. They didn't have Jordan Poyer. They didn't have Kyer Elam. I don't think that's a huge loss. You know, him and Christian Benford are about the same guy. Trey White still is not ready to go. At some point, whenever he does play, he may not be all pro Trey White right away, but he's going to probably be better than what they had. He was out. Tremaine Edmonds left this game at halftime with a groin issue. So they were, you know, definitely up against it in the back end in this game. I mean, missing guys, down players. And that other team has the guy who's probably the best receiver in the league. And if people were questioning that before this game, I don't know how you do it after this game. Because Justin Jefferson, who was absolutely silent for about 50 minutes in the middle of this game, just took over on the last drive and into overtime. That guy's going to do that to a lot of players in the league, let alone the Bills running out second and third stringers. So let's keep that in mind when we talk about the defense. That said, you know, you brought up the, the, the run D with the one big, you know, uh, out the gate touchdown for Dalvin Cook. You know, and as good as Christian Benford played in the first half, I thought he was excellent. As good as Cam Lewis was at times, those two guys, Benford a missed tackle, Lewis a terrible angle on Cook, I think were the number one culprits on that touchdown run, among obviously the guys up front. I think, though, at the end of this game, we go to the Cam Lewis play, and you're going to hear from him in a minute here. He understands that he made the wrong play. I mean, it's simply you got to knock that down. But Von Miller had a sack in this game. Outside of that, a hit on the quarterback, I don't think he was really, you know, that involved. Ed Oliver, couple plays, sack late. But, again, it's one or two here and there. Jordan Phillips was revving up the crowd all game long, really was not a factor in the game. Daquan Jones has been very good most of the year, not a factor, at least in the pass rush here. The guys who were in this game, who were healthy, who were ready to go, they didn't do enough at least not at the end of the game. Again, I don't want to get all over the defense because of the pieces they were missing and the players they're going up against, but, you know, there was more that probably, and they will say that too. I think the guys will admit to that. They wanted more out of themselves in this game. 
Howard, let's talk about Cam Lewis. Fourth and 18, gives up the first down. He took it very hard. And I'll tell you what, all week long, you know, picking guys up from the way this thing fell apart might be a week-long effort for the Bills. Honestly, thought it was over his head, but just got to be more aware of the situation. Fourth and 22. Knock the ball down, bro. Like, I'm not a selfish player. I don't try to be a selfish player. I'm always trying to, you know, put the team before me. Um, I just got to knock the ball down. That's plain and simple. Some things you just got to help them out, be there for them. However they need to cope with it, you let them cope with it. But know that they that you're there for them and know that y'all getting better together. It's a long season, so we're going to grow together. We're going to get better together. We're going to win together. We're going to lose together. No matter what, I'm right there by his side. We all by his side. So however he need to cope with it, we, we let him cope with it. And we right by his side to help him pick his head up and keep going from here on out. You got to talk to him, man. And, and, and no is bigger than one game, you know what I'm saying? We we have we all have the same goal in mind at the end of the season and um, we have to, you know, really you know, dive in each day, each week and try to fix what we can fix. For us it'll be just being honest with ourselves, being constructive. You know, you gotta take the licks under the chin. You're watching the film and and uh, you just kinda gotta be a pro about it and a man about it, take it. And then then you march on, march forward, because that's all we can do in this business. Von Miller's kind of funny after the game. He said, I thought it was fun. You know, it was, he, he appreciated how crazy the game was. And I think that's the difference between you got Von Miller, who's got two Super Bowl rings, and this Bill's locker room in this Western New York community that is scratching and clawing, hoping this is finally the year that you get over that hump. And Von's like, yeah, I had a good time. I'm going to sit my son down and we're going to laugh about how he lost this game. As the Bills locker room is like a mausoleum, even the post-game press conference room was a mausoleum. So it's funny the dichotomy between Miller's reaction and everybody else. But look, when you have a guy who's been there and done that, he also made the point, I've seen how we get past this. He said, quote, you know, this is adversity that we have to push through. I'm excited to see how he responds, how we respond. He understands, he's seen it, that you can have bad games, make big mistakes, and still win championships. And that's still, AJ, exactly where this Bills team could end up. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, the Von Miller attitude in these press conferences that we've seen all season long. And like you said, it's the perspective of being a veteran. It's the perspective of having multiple Super Bowls. But, you know, at some point, you, you can't be, you know, laughing and joking after a press conference. I'm sure there are people um, finding ire with, with his comments afterwards. And like, like I said, you know, it might be the appropriate way to go. But eventually, you know, these second half collapses have got to, you know, they've got to stop. Josh Allen's got to stop playing like he does. You know, he says every, every week, it's, it's, on, it's my fault. It's, it's my problem. You know, there's some choice words sprinkled in depending on the week. But eventually, this has got to get turned around because the division is now they're looking up. The one seed, they're now looking up. And these things that we talk about where, once again, we keep going for this number one seed for the Bills, you know, it's starting to fade away a little bit. Yeah, there are consequences to this loss, you know, and, and I understand that, and that's a reasonable thing to say, but I really think the way Von Miller handled it is the right way. I know it might rub people the wrong way, you're right, but, you know, 6-3 and three is not the end of the world. Yeah, they had a bad game. Bad games are going to happen. You know, I think the, the fact, I think fans need to understand that Miller knows what the bleep he's talking about. He's been there and done that, so, you know, Acting like this is the end of the world. Even Josh Allen, and I get the, the helmet throwing and the F-bombing after the game. I get that. You know, I get that feeling. But, 
you know, it isn't really the end of the world. It's one loss, you know, for a team that's still, they're going to have the Jets and Dolphins at home. You win both those games, you're fine in the division. So there, there's still a lot more season to go. I really, I know it rubs people the wrong way. I don't think Miller is wrong in the way he handled it, even if he came off, you know, a little flippant. Before we wrap things up, AJ, you brought up earlier questioning Sean McDermott decisions. I can't think of any that I really have a problem with. We both kind of agree. Going forward on fourth and two, up 10 early in the fourth quarter made sense. I mean, you, you kick a field goal to go up 13, doesn't really do much for you. you. Might as well try and put it in the end zone, really put the game away. But was there a decision or something you want to bring up that maybe was questionable from McDermott's point of view? Not really questionable from a, a McDermott point of view, but at the same time, when, when all of these collapses happen, you know, fumbling at the goal line, Cam Lewis, you know, the interception, you know, so most of that is execution, but, you know, as Sean McDermott keeps saying, you know, um, uh, you know, it, it comes down to coaching as well. So may, maybe not in pure decisions. Um, you know, they did a good job of getting to the line of scrimmage very quickly after that Gabe Davis, uh, which should have been a drop. But nothing pinpoint, just, you know, um, another collapse where it seems like we've, uh, we've had this song and dance before. Yeah, I, I hear you there. You know, the, there are too many instances with this, you know, the – when you get past 2020 and beyond to where this Bills team is an elite team, where the big situation just does not end up as something the Bills executed. Yeah, they finished in the Baltimore game. You know, good job getting down to the one-yard line, running all the timeout. They came back and, and rallied against the Chiefs, made a couple plays late. You know, but there are so many. I mean, the, the one real frustrating part of this game, this game here, is that the Vikings spent the whole game giving this to the Bills. Kirk Cousins tripping over his own feet, not able to get plays in, burning timeouts early. You know, the interception of Christian Benford was an absolute gift. Minnesota did all they could to hand this game to Buffalo, and the Bills said, no, 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 you take it. And, you know, that goes along with the 13 seconds, the 12 seconds. Um, so, yes, I, I think you can talk to coaching and, and start wondering situationally, big situ situationally, is this team capable of handling it and winning in those situations? And, you know, the answer is going to be no until it's yes, until they actually do it in a game. So I, I walk away from this game. Number one, two things for me. Number one, Josh Allen's always been the guy, like I said, who plays by the seat of his pants. But for the most part, he gets away with it because he's just that talented and this team is just that good and he works just that hard. He can get away with this. He, he gave this game away. He knows it. How does he respond? You know, I, I think they've got a good culture here. I think they've got a good support system. I think he'll be fine. But, you know, before this, Allen, even last year when they lost in the playoffs, Allen was a hero because he was amazing at the end of this game, at the end of that game. At this game was the opposite. How does he move forward? And then secondarily, look, I'll go back to what Von Miller said. The Bills are fine. They really are. You know, this is a bad loss. There are issues on this team. You know what teams don't have issues this time of year? None of them. They all have issues, even teams that win Super Bowls. So it's not about are the Bills flawed? Are they still capable of winning a Super Bowl? Absolutely they are. But the team that wins that championship is the team that figures things out from Thanksgiving on in, not in September and October. So the question for this Bills team is, yeah, there's issues offensively in the second half. They've got injury issues on defense. When does Trey White play? Will Josh Allen stop giving the other team the ball? If they fix all those, they're going to win a championship because the roster and the team still have the talent to do it. That's all I got here from Highmark Stadium. AJ, back to you. And you talk about Thanksgiving on. Well, we got two important games where the Bills need to take care of business before we get to the second half of that mark. You've got the Browns coming into Highmark Stadium, still with Jacoby Brissett. And then you travel to the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. Two teams that are very much for the taking. Two teams where 
If they can go win, win, all right, we're good. We've moved on from these two, uh, two losses. If something else happens, conversations will be a little bit different. We will have uh, your reaction from that game next week coming up on Buffalo Game Day Recap. Of course, you can catch our coverage all week long on News 8 and RochesterFirst.com as we bring you everything about this wild and crazy game. There's a lot to write. There's a lot to say. We'll be sure to say all of it. Once again, for Thad Brown, I'm A.J. Feldman. Thank you for joining us and have a great rest of your football weekend.